right, guys. Today, I'm here with Davey. Davey is someone that used to work with a long time ago, someone I really look up to and respect. Davey, welcome. And how are you, my friend? I'm going good, man. How are you? Doing well, man. It's been so long. It's so good to see you. And by the way, I have to say, I'm so proud of not only everything you've done on the, you know, the business e-commerce side, but everything you're doing on the personal brand side is super inspiring. So I want to talk about all of that stuff today. Do you want to kind of quickly start with like, I guess, what you're working on and kind of what your focuses are? Most definitely. So the Davy Group is our holding co of, of e-commerce companies. Um, I started about three years ago, as you know, you, we worked together um, in the early stages that includes the Udi, Calming Blankets, Pup Naps, and seven other um, e-commerce brands. I also, you know, I've just been working on my personal brand, as you said. So really just wanted to jump on and, and hash things out and catch up. Sweet, dude. I'm selfishly interested in the personal brand side. I know a bit about the e-com <laughs> side. I, I want to talk about like, at what point in time, it doesn't feel like you started all that long ago in terms of the personal brand. When did you start? And like, what was that aha or that spark of like, Hey, I want to give back. I'm not going to sell a course. What was like the manifestation of that? Yeah, I think there's a there's a few components. One, I kind of used the excuse that I wanted to, you know, stay in the dark and and not kind of reveal the success of the brands. Um, that was kind of the main component because, as, as you may have seen, there's all been a lot of other kind of knockoffs kind of saturating the market now. Every time we kind of tell people that we do over 200 million they are quite shocked. And I know that, you know, I'm probably speaking to a lot of US listeners, but a lot of the Australian department stores and stuff didn't actually know the volumes that we were shifting. So I did really want to keep that quiet. That was probably the strategic element. But if I was to be completely honest, I probably was just so camera shy. And so like, you know, part of it was humility. And I, I didn't really want to talk about, you know, my success and whatnot. But it got to a point where you know, I, I realized that it was just the fact that, you know, this this industry, people share their results and stuff like that to try to lift people up. So that kind of went away as well. But then I just realized that I was just, you know, just being really scared and I ne- needed to grow personally um, to feel more more comfortable in front of the camera and start, start sharing the knowledge. So once all of those dominoes were kind of down, um, I just committed to it. I hired a videographer from Melbourne and, and made a fly all the way over so, so I couldn't back out. Um, and then, you know, the first video was just on YouTube was absolutely terrible. It got, we scratched it straight away and had to reshoot it the week after. Um, but like everything, you know, just constantly working at it, trying to get more comfortable. I love that, man. And, and what's the timeline? Like, it feels like it's been months. Like how long ago did you actually start producing content? I reckon it would be about six months ago. Um, we, we released our first YouTube video. Six months ago, and you're having millions and tens of millions of views on every platform you touch. Oh my God. Nick, Nick and I were talking about you. We're like, we've been doing this for three, four, five years, and we can't keep up with Davies six months and he's crushing it. Yeah. Look, um, I guess it's very different. Um, our personal brands, you know, I think that what you and Shaq do is so powerful to such a really influential group of people as well. Um, I think a lot of my viewers just from the mode of how I've grown it through um, YouTube SEO and also just the general story of, of my brands probably attracts more like a new pe- person to e-commerce as well. Um, that's, that's something that I've kind of noticed, but you know, YouTube is just an absolute beast. Um, it's, it's just crazy how it just lifts all your other socials up. You know, we don't, I don't really do anything on Instagram because I, 
you know, I've got a lot of friends on Instagram. It's more, I, I didn't want to really kind of lose my personal page, if that makes sense. But even that, like that grew to 20,000 followers just from YouTube alone. So yeah, it really kind of is that, that growth mode. I think also TikTok was one of the main reasons why I wanted to jump into building my personal brand. I saw that there was kind of this weird relationship between TikTok um, growth where you can get obviously so many views and um, trying to retain those views through YouTube. So it's kind of using TikTok to get the first initial top of funnel impression, pushing them to YouTube so they subscribe um, so that I can keep that long-term value. And I knew that wouldn't stay around forever. So I was kind of just like, look, now is the most definitely the time um, to get started. I love that. So in terms of like actually creating the content, do you batch the kind of the production and then kind of disseminate the clips over time? Or every day are you filming something and when we're singing, it's live? Yeah, it's, I'd love to say it's more organized than it is. Um, we, we work really hard at it. Well, my videographer does, he's, he's absolutely incredible. Um, he does a lot of the organization, a lot of the ideas, the research into, you know, what's, what's working and whatnot on, on TikTok and YouTube. So we, yeah, it's, you, we used to film like three or four videos in, in one weekend and then batch that up. But we're kind of behind at the moment. We're just trying to, you know, produce something every week. Um, we're doing like a variety of podcast episodes, which we'll have to get you on. We're doing um, tutorials as well. As, as And as those products and stuff are coming in to do more tutorials on, we're, yeah, filling it up with, we're going to start doing some website reviews as well. Um, but yeah, it's kind of, it's very ad hoc at the moment. Got it. With with the kind of the Davy personal brand growing and then also the 10 e-commerce brands that you own and run, how do you think about splitting the time, especially as like the personal brand is just accelerating? And I'm sure obviously the brands are too. How do you split the time between the two? And what are you prioritizing, obviously, going into Q4? Is it the brands? It's most definitely the brands. It always is. Um, the, the brands have, you know, we have 70 full-time employees. That needs to be where my attention is. We've got millions of customers that, um, you know, the, the personal brand, not that it's um, around my ego or anything like that. It is providing a lot of value, but, you know, I, I understand the gravity of, of the group and the brands as a whole, and that needs my full attention. Um, so I just dedicate one day a week to YouTube and, and the personal brand, and that, that's a Saturday as well. So, um, yeah, working mostly during the week on, on, on my brands. I love it. The last question I have on the personal brand side, and then we can shift gears, um, is in terms of like the, the personal brand stuff, I know one of the sayings you have on all your socials is I'll never sell you a course. Can, can we talk about that? Like, you know, I, I love the fact that you kind of draw that stance in the line and you're really just kind of authentically and altruistically giving. Um, is there a story behind that or it just is what it is? Yeah, I, I think there's a few things. One, I've read a lot of stories about people doing courses uh, just nonstop and just not getting results. I think there is this kind of a lot of people, it's not not snake oil salesmen, but they're selling things that are publicly available. It's the the information should be publicly available. It is. I never did a course and I managed to build my brand. So I just kind of want to push the messaging that you don't need a course to be successful. I think courses um, are good at organizing information out there um, but I don't and possibly guiding people through that path 
and, you know, creating structured learning as well, which I think some people uh, enjoy. But if we're, we're looking at an entrepreneur that's a young 16-year-old that has $500 saved up, I'd much rather them watch a YouTube video and spend that $500 on ads rather than the $500 course and then start at square one. So that's kind of just my position. Um, and I think, you know, it's just become part of my personal brand as well. Um, people, people like it. Yeah, I think it's awesome. I, I really respect it and I think it's really cool what you do. So thank you. Uh, shifting gears a little bit, in terms of the 10 brands that you own and run, were all those brands ones that you started? Have you acquired any brands? Are you looking at ever acquiring brands? Like, how do you think about starting versus buying? Yeah, so I've started, um, I'd say three of our brands are, so three of our brands are about 10 million revenue plus. One of them is um, over $200 million revenue um, per year. Um and I also have purchased a business that does over 30 mil revenue a year. So we have acquired businesses um, and we've also grown them. You know, it's the jury's still out what's best for us. Um, I know Thrasio and a lot of other people acquire businesses because, you know, they have that secondary platform to enhance and optimize. Whereas we actually have you know, when I first started the brands, I was like, okay, how do we make sure that this isn't just a flash in the pan? Um, how do we systemize what I've just done? And it all comes down to product. Um, you know, people, we were kind of growing past people that were very competent in digital marketing. Um, and it was because our product was just so much better. So now I'm building a lot of internal tools around predictive analytics to try to find those trends um, so that we can launch products uh, more consistently. And we also have a testing framework to make sure that we can launch them um, and grow them. So it's jury's still out what's going to work best for us. Lucky we have a lot of data points around that. Um, we integrating acquisitions is also quite tough, but we've started to get success there as well. So um, it's it's going to be an interesting journey, whether buying or um, yeah, building is the, is the right path. Yeah, that makes sense. In in terms of like your geography, right? You're obviously in Australia. I'm in the US. I know when we work together, a lot of your focus was on the US and Australia and you were expanding to different markets. Is there a specific region or country that you're kind of bullish on now that you kind of slept on before you didn't think about before? Yeah, I have. I can only speak from my experience, not from research or anything like that. And that experience was guided by just results. Um, so in that, you know, we launched in Australia um, and then we launched in the UK and then Canada and then the US. And when we do our testing, we often find that, um, you know, the US is probably one of the worst regions to launch a brand in because the advertising ecosystem is so complicated and every 14-year-old knows how to use Facebook ads. So it's just a bit, bit crazy over there. So I kind of try to um, try to avoid the US and grow it in another market all of the ones I've just mentioned are, are great, um, but, you know, the EU as a whole is, is really lucrative at the moment. Um, there's some complications, obviously, with translations and stuff like that that you need to work around, but it's kind of like um, what people tell me, I've only been doing this for you know, three and a half years, but people say, you know, um, the way that it used to be um, is it's still like that in the EU, which is um, really exciting. So, I, I think for your listeners, just test every region. Don't get addicted to the US. 
um, test every region. It's really not that hard providing you understand the fundamentals of how to set up a store and whatnot. Yeah. Awesome. In, in terms of a framework on like, okay, say you launch in Australia and then you think about expanding, do you start expanding at a certain revenue standpoint? Like, Hey, we've done a million dollars in Australia. Now let's roll it out that we have proof of concept to Canada, UK. Is, is that kind of how you think about it? Or how do you think about going from one place and dominating and then expanding to the second place and so on? Yeah, I think there's a few components and it's really uh, case by case about where you are both financially and what your goals are. If you're just trying to build a lifestyle business, you know, one region's enough. Um, if you have, if you plan to, to raise capital and grow a massive business, you know, rushing to become first um, the, the market leader for that product category is really important. Um, we did that with Udi and, and we're in a very good spot for, because of it. Um, so it, it, but that's going to drain cash flow. It's also going to drain resources. You know, who's looking after the multiple Shopify stores, who's dealing with all the tax implications, all of that kind of stuff. So you need to think that through. Um, but I, I, I always encourage people to launch in multiple markets because, uh, or at least test them to understand the customer acquisition costs that you can achieve in those markets, because otherwise, um, you know, it, it's, it's it's great diversification. Um, it, it allows because some regions, you know, fatigue, the seasonality, all of that kind of stuff. So yeah, always encourage um, launching as just as quickly as possible, and, and and your cash position allows. Awesome. And the very last question I have for you today, with uh, Black Friday, Cyber Monday, the holidays coming up, Q four, whatnot. Is there anything that you're doing differently this year that you didn't do in previous years that people should be thinking about? So. Look, not not really. I, I think that I think that the main thing to do is to get a lot of momentum running into it, right? Like you can run giveaways, you can just get a ton of data through that pixel, um, just to really engage, get as many followers as you can, you know, get people through your email flows, just really, really push, you know, maybe even sacrificing some um some margin in these uh, in in these months running up to it to make sure that that ad spend goes uh, you can keep that that rolling so yeah I, I think that that's the main thing focus on your inventory levels as well your demand management make sure that you're not going to sell out um, you know be mindful of of Chinese New Year coming up as well that's something that I always forget about so always making sure that you've got plenty of inventory to last you at um, through to March as well is really important. David, you're the man. Thank you so much for making the time. I know you've got a crazy busy schedule. Thank you for being here. What's the best place or places for people to connect? And I'll drop all the links below. Uh, Twitter's fine. Davey Fogarty or, or head over to YouTube if you want to learn a bit more about e-commerce. Awesome, man. Appreciate you. Thank you. Thanks, mate.